Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. 
I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. One of the things I'm curious about, so as you're in this and you're working with people and you're trying to help them go through this shift and changing and understanding, it's not simply just mindset, but it's all these other parameters. Like, what does that look like? How do you dive into, I guess the way that I would phrase it is, you know, how do you dive into the body memory first? What is the approach? Where do you step into emotional healing versus the mind? Where does conscientious work come into play in all of this? Well, I always combine, I do believe that first step is the self-awareness. So I always combine it with coaching. I, my goal is to teach a person to be an expert in who they are, not to just have a quantum hypnosis session, let's say, which I am absolutely blown um, uh, with the results from those sessions, from my personal life and my clients. These are my favorite type of sessions. But if we have a spontaneous change in remission, can the client replicate it? The answer is no, because they don't know what happened. So I always teach the clients to know what drives their life. I work with uh, a concept that I developed, uh, which I call uh, life scenarios. These are those scenarios that we unconsciously play out. Most of them are transgenerationally created, and we absorb them all without um, any analytical filtering, because it happened in childhood. And we did not have analytical filtering so it goes right in and they become our life scripts right and i have eight of them that i work with for entrepreneurs and about 14 15 of them overall so this is the conscious thing and then i combine it with the body memory and for the so the tools are very diverse i've collected them for a few years now um no session is the same, right? But overall, I believe that if we listen to the body, and if we really trace and track our patterns and what happens in the body, for example, when we are as an entrepreneur on a sales call, right, I was terrified of sales. And I thought I hated sales, it was not the case. But that's what I thought. And this is what most people think, right, that trauma about money, and all that state of unsafety makes us have either even aversion to money, or we judge, 
and we think consciously, oh, we want to become millionaires, right? But then we have so many unconscious blocks and the body is terrified. That's why a lot of people think that they have fear of failure, but they have fear of success. They're literally terrified in their bodies and their neuro neurological system um, of that wealth and success and being known and being seen. So back to the tools, the body shows everything because the body holds that emotional charge. And if I use the language that both the body and the subconscious mind can understand, then, well, it gets released. And for example, when a client had problem with sales calls or with visibility, avoiding publishing a book, right? Procrastination, all of that, or avoiding reaching out. So they will have a client reach out to them, but they will drag and delay it that's self-sabotage because they know, well, if they respond, they will start getting clients, they will start being visible and it's dangerous for the body. And unless we release that perceived danger that lives in our body's memory, cellular memory and neurological memory and neurochemical memory, well, we're trying to willpower through. Can, I'm very curious about this. And I think a lot of people listening will be as well. When you talk about feeling like there's danger in the body and that being the thing that's blocking, like wh what does that look like? Where are the signs to understand whether or not that's happening? How do you under how do you bring acknowledgement and and associate that? Because I, I agree with you. I I've experienced that myself, and I've I've been teaching people for quite a while, and especially when they get into to coaching with me about this concept that they're not they're they're scared of success because of so many of the things that lead up to this moment. How do you how do you help somebody identify that? And more so when they're with you and they're going through this process and you're bringing attention to this for them, how do you help them navigate it? Do you mind if, I, uh, great questions, thank you so much. Do you mind if I use an example of a particular Please. client? So for example, uh, working with a woman who is an entrepreneur, very driven, she has the purpose, she knows it, she thinks about it every waking moment of her life. She has tried all the mindset-based modalities. In other words, she invested heavily and she understands that she needs to invest in herself to get results in terms of she needs that someone guiding her through the blind spots, right? So she's tried all the mindset work and the business strategy. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. We get heavily invested in those uh, strategy and marketing tools instead of going to the root first and then all the strategy and implementation becomes easy because otherwise if the root is not resolved we will be learning strategies and know all about it in theory but we'll be resisting right so that was the case for her and she thought she had an issue with that mindset and when we started working together we, not from the first session, because there are certain layers that have to be removed before that, um, because healing is a structured process. We cannot hit the skip steps or the psyche would not even allow um, us to get to that root uh, cause, to that bottom, right? To the real issue of the problem. Um, so I work, that's why I work on a four month basis, right? Both with the coaching and the hypnotherapy combined. So what we discover is that when she was young, she had a really traumatic episode with her family when they were quite well off and their financial situation changed drastically. They lost money. There was criminal activity 
involved, they not only they lost everything. Turns out she was scared for her life and her family's life. In her body, money and having wealth, being visible for that wealth, forever became associated. Yes, of course, in the limbic brain. Yes, of course, in the mind. But as a child, she spent sleepless nights being afraid that somebody is going to break into the house where they live and kill them all or take their family away. No matter how much she tried to work with that conscious level and read the self-help books and know what millionaire mindset is, she wasn't hitting past that ceiling. She had the enough ceiling, right? She always had enough. But she could not break through to more because that means that in her body, it's equal to danger or death even, or loss. When we address that, everything changed. And then she started using all that strategy and all that marketing that she invested in. She knew what she was supposed to do. So now she combined it all and she went, you know, went off to create the success that she um, thought she wanted, but she was blocking all along. Yeah, and I think that's such a, a really indicative way of, of looking at the reality that we are the sum total of all of our experiences leading up to this moment. And that means that everything that's ever happened to us in our life informs who we are. And I, I, I hate to say it, but I know that there are people listening right now who they're hearing this and like, yeah, but that thing that happened, it doesn't really bother me. And what I what I would love for you to talk about is how do you how do you work through with people where they're like, yeah, but that thing's not a big deal. Yeah, that thing doesn't matter. But like from the coaching perspective, you're looking at it, you're like, no, but you're not hearing what you're actually saying right now. I'd love for you to talk about that. And this happens all the time, especially with very analytical people, because the reason we become so analytical and intellectual, I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand. I used to be control freak who was super like mind in my mind everything believe it or not and now i'm saying well if we actually treat the body and release the body the mindset adjusts it's quite a change right so it happens all the time and my clients uh not secretly quite out loud called me the queen of working with resistance because i actually don't work with resistance the main like the regular way how uh, coaching would work with it because I don't try to reason and explain to them what they're missing. I go in the session and I show them and we find the spot, they feel it all, they cry it out, release it out, I guide them through this process. And then it's kind of like, oh, it's been there all along. And another thing that kind of like, that was not a question, but it implies a question. How do people recognize? How do we recognize that there is a block? Well, if we wanna reach a certain goal, professional goal, personal goal, relationship, meeting that unicorn partner, but we have not achieved that yet. We don't have that thing yet. That means only one thing. There are blocks within us and certain unlearned lessons within us, which are stopping us from having it. Because if we didn't have them, if we were as, well, okay, not it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it happened, but it doesn't bother me. But it lives in the body and it does keep us unknowingly from that dream that we think consciously we won't want so much. And so, yeah, if we didn't achieve it, if it's not in our life, that means it's affecting us. And the sooner we dive in and the sooner we release it, the faster our life will change. 
one of the things I think is important, and not necessarily just whether or not it's in therapy or prescription drugs or anything, but life in general is like trying to understand your core values when it comes to healing. Yes. Because I think I think healing is all of these three elements that you talk about. How does one understand, you know, what it is that they know and what they're trying to understand about well, who they are and their core values? It's a great question. There's three stories that I believe we're always trying to negotiate. And this is what I've observed from working with patients, specifically cancer patients. There's three stories we're always trying to negotiate. And that's that story that of design, right? Laws of nature, things that are self-evident and speak to our natural affections. There's this story that says something inside of me wants to live, right? And we have an anatomy that bears witness of that. And then there's a story that we tell ourselves from our experiences in our soul, our mind, our heart, our will, our conscience, our feelings. There's that narrative we're always trying to negotiate. And then there's a story that we carry in our DNA. Our stories don't begin at home. They begin in the home of the home of the home of our parents' parents' parents. So three, four generations deep, there's a work of recall healing and Dr. Hammer from German New Medicine expounded upon by Dr. Gilbert Renald, Recall Healing, that really speaks in powerful ways to that. So there's a story of that of our very constitution, substantiated and well explained by laws of nature, things that are self-evident again and speak to our natural affection. There's the stories we tell ourselves from our experiences and the ideas and the thoughts that we got from our families of origin and our experiences. By the way, starting from conception, right? And in the womb and our first formative years of life and throughout. And then the stories of our anatomies. And I think reconciling those three stories is where we find incredible freedom. For example, with you, Michael, something in you knew intuitively that, oh, I don't know, this isn't right. So you used all kinds of means and methods, right, and resources to silence that, to mitigate that, to reconcile that. And they weren't productive. So at some point, you decided, you know what, this is not for me. So I'm going to just bring an end to it all. And somehow, as providence would have it, you know, you weren't successful in that attempt. Call it whatever you want, divine intervention, chance, accident. I think it's because look what you're doing now. I think it was divine intervention, personally. But then you have, these, you have the reality of the heritage that you bring to bear and the legitimate experiences that, you, that are in your tissue. The issues are always in the tissue, right? Tissues and that, that are very real. And the disparity between this hunger of your soul, this thing of what's happening in my life, right, that you're negotiating through these experiences you have, and the trauma that you're bringing in from these generational patterns, right, the disparity between those things is where we find the anatomy of disease and addictions and all these things. So what happened at some point, you reached bottom. And I love how you address that and you talk about the reaching rock bottom. That rock bottom is really a beautiful and wonderful and great place to be. And we were talking about this a little bit ago because there's nowhere else to go but up. 
if you can just accept that, hey, this is rock bottom for me, whatever that is for you, individual, or for a listening audience, if you can recognize, hey, there's only one other place I can go from here, and that's up, right? Because I can't get any lower than this. We all have different margins, right? But then you begin to decide, you begin to choose, you begin to dig, you begin to learn, you begin to turn every stone, you begin to reach out, like you were talking about earlier, looking for mentors, looking for information. We have the web now, we have the internet, we have YouTube, we have amazing resources at our disposal, we have amazing counseling, amazing podcasts to listen to. So there is no excuse why we have to give in to the disparity of whatever situation we find ourselves in. Nobody takes our life from us. We give it away. Yeah. And, and what I'm curious about, I have this thought, just this question just popped into mind. What do you think is the biggest misnomer or misconception that people have about their own mental health? That it's inherited that there's no way out without medication, that they're the victims of circumstances. I think the biggest, I think the most tragic bit of information that people believe are the lies of why they find themselves in the situations they find themselves. I think people don't realize how powerful they are. I think people do not understand that thoughts have power and words have authority. It's one thing to have thoughts that are limited, but it's another thing to begin to speak them into being. Words have power. Thoughts have power. Words have authority. We have to be very careful about the things we speak. We're better off asking questions, seeking information to get us out of situations that we find ourselves in than we are to get together with a friend over a beer or a glass of wine and continue to complain or we have very sophisticated ways of complaining, right? Fancy and sophisticated ways of complaining, but it's tragic because those would seem like nominal conversations or relatively insignificant, just shooting the breeze with somebody. They have devastating consequences in your entire constitution and in your life. How do you, so then I hear what you're saying. How do you reconcile the thought pattern of, well, my mother was bipolar and my father was bipolar. And so that thus means I must be a bipolar. And then you add on all of the extra extremities of the world that we live in and being in a fear-based society and all of the things that lead to this place where I, I feel like people have lost the ability to freely decide the person that they are and dealing with and, and that's not to be disparaging. So I want to be very clear. It's very much about this conversation of, are people just lying to themselves to the point that even though they could have a thought that maybe it's not true, that all of that stuff has led to where they are, they're more comfortable in living in the lie. Does that make sense to you? Completely. And I think one third, one third, look, 
We're a spirit working through a soul and a body. We have three constituents, right? That's our image. Our identity we get from design because everything in your body is working to live. Your brain is working very hard, like we said earlier, to sustain your life, right? So there's something in our design that wants life and wants to sustain life and is designed and created to sustain our life. That's our body, right? So there's that story. But then there's the story of our mom and our dad and our ancestors. And I'm a, I observe that oftentimes one third of the equation gets 100% of the responsibility. So there's this beautiful, intricate design that makes, us, makes up who we are. There's this amazing mother and father that we have, flawed as they may be, they gave us life. And I find that more often than not, our life tends to be a little bit better some, most of the time than theirs was, even though it was lacking, right? I mean, your mom didn't abort you. Your mom gave you life. And yes, she was out of her mind with drugs and all kinds of things like that, which I'd like to address that briefly in ways that perhaps are a little bit unconventional um, to bring in the spiritual constitution of drug use and drug abuse and the spiritual element that brings into a dynamic, right? I want to address that and if I can for a little in a little bit. But you have the design. So you have your image, spirit, soul, body. You have your identity, which you get from this design, this intricate design that makes up who we are. Then there's the story of mom, and there's the story of dad, and then the story of our ancestors. And I just find sometimes we know very little about our ancestors and our parents, 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 right? But one-third of the equation gets 100% of the responsibility. And so we give away so much power in not understanding the incredible power of the design of the image we bear and the design and the identity that we have. We're forfeiting all of our identity to one third of the equation. And then it, it affects the purpose, the meaning, the value in our life. So one of the things that I think is imperative is to understand, don't oversimplify things. We're very complex being, complex beings. And even the narrative of our lives and of our stories, those are complex. It's like a giant jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, there may be a lot of pain, a lot of tragedy and a lot of heartache in it, but there's a mystery in all of this too. And for some reason, here I am in time, and in spite of all these dynamics, and in spite of my ignorance, and in spite of the brokenness I come from, something inside of me says, I want life. I'm, I want to live. And I want peace. Right? So I help people understand, well, three things. How do you love? What's your attachment style? What are the hungers that drive you? And then, hey, let's study and know and understand all these pieces that make up who you are. So there's all these moving parts that I try to bring into focus for people so they can feel hope and accessing greater measures of freedom. And of course, um, Michael, I don't know if you're aware of or not, but I use biofeedback technology. I use ecosystems to see what's happening in a person's brain. 
I really start with the confusion, the chaos and disease that a person's carrying in their anatomy, right? Why? So I can have access to their soul. So I do go after decompressing the central nervous system in order to access those deeper narratives in a person's soul so I can peel back the layers of where they, the confusion, the chaos that they find themselves in and bring them and give them a path into freedom. If you change the relationship you have with death, you will change the way that you live your life. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I believe that is because I have faced death multiple mm -hmm. times. Um, once when I was young, I even had an asthma attack. And next thing you know, I, I flatlined and I woke up on, on a, a surgeon's table. And, you know, it's one of those things where I constantly think about it. And, and I think it can also be a driver for like overkill, right? Where suddenly you're just going too hard. But how do you start to, because there is so many factors and so many layers and so many variables in the way that we deal with, with death and the way that it impacts us and the way that it impacts our, our livelihood, our communities, our families. And yet, like many things in life, there's no playbook. There's no rule book. There's no, this is maybe what you should try. Mm. And how do you start to tap into the emotional awareness that you have when you have experienced a, a death close to you in a way that it now has impacted you? Yeah. You know, I think that uh, for me, and one of the things that we share on the retreat and when I say we, it was my mom, another retired therapist and me for like 20 retreats or so. And now I'm the solo uh, leader of this retreat. So I still speak in the first person plural, but even though it's just me, um, I feel like Abraham Hicks right now. Uh, we, we really like to help people understand a couple of things. One is that grief as an emotion is a normal and natural response to loss. And I think that phrase normal and natural is something that we, the culture, because you, you touched on it when you said, you know, Americans and Westerners, our culture tells a different story that it's not normal. It's not natural. It's a loss. We use negative language around it all the time. And yet it's uh, very normal and very natural. Death is very normal and natural. Grief is very normal, very natural. Um, not something to be avoided, something to just be experienced, but we live in a culture that's based on convenience and comfort. So if you live in a comfort, convenient culture, the experience of grief is uh, dissonant with that cultural current. It doesn't fit. So then we just try to avoid it as much as possible. And it's not really sexy to tell people, hey, listen, you got to, you know, lean into this feeling. And really, if you want to heal it, you know, you and, and, and cliches are useful, because we remember them. But if you want to heal it, you got to feel it. It's there's really no backdoor, there's no, you know, side, any way around it, you just got to lean in and, and experience that. One of the things I try to explain to people is it's, if you think about uh, energy as a waveform, energy as a wave, so energy, everything being energy, everything therefore being waves of that of high points, peaks, troughs, peaks, troughs. If you want to experience the peaks of love and joy and connection, it's inevitable. You cannot escape the troughs. So if you think of the troughs like sadness uh, or grief uh, or pain, they are part of the same wave. You can't have one. You don't 
earn the right to experience one without the other. And so you have to really understand as a human being, you get both. It's a package deal. So it's not about avoiding the troughs. It's about understanding they're part of the wave. And then what are the best practices that work for the largest number of people and go explore those and then figure out which ones you connect with. And, and I find that the mantra explore and connect is extremely useful because each of us have our own personality and our own style. So not everything works for everybody, but if you go explore, you'll find what you connect with. And I think that you're spot on. I, I share this constantly. If you can't feel the full range of emotions, you won't feel any of them. And that's, that was my experience for a long time. And I, I thought, honestly, Tim, and I've shared this before, I thought I was a sociopath because I didn't cry. I learned how to turn it off. I didn't cry for 15 years. And now it's like a Nike commercial. Come on. And I'm over here like balling. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but it took so much to be able to get to that place. And, and a huge part of it was obviously therapy and personal development and things of that nature. But the other factor, the variable that I think played the greatest role that I do not believe is talked about enough was community mm -hmm. and being in connection with other people who were experiencing these things, who had the, the ability, for lack of a better term, to mirror for yes. me to go, yes, I've been there. Can you talk about the power of community in this process? Yeah, I think uh, connection is probably the single most useful thing as a human being to uh, aspire to. Uh, as, as mammals, we're pack animals. So we live in inter, you know, personal relationships. We, we are interdependent. We are, being human is a shared experience. From cradle to grave, uh, we're not like bears. Like we don't go off and live in solitude. We, we live in relationship. That, so it's really useful to always be having an eye on this sense of connection first to your body, then, you know, to your mind, then to your community, then to some sort of power uh, that you assign greater than yourself. For me, if you keep your eye on those four pillars, it's a game changer. If you take any one of them out, diminished results. So if you can keep your eye on that, that's going to be a game changer for you. And it's, there's a gentleman named Dr. Alan Wofelt. He's got an unusual last name, W-O-F-E-L-T. And he is a kind of a, an expert in the grief space and published a million amazing books, retreats, trainings. And he has this concept called companioning. I think this is really useful to share. Companioning is like, when you have a companion, it's like someone who's like walking along beside you. They're not walking in front of you. They're not walking behind you. They're not carrying you. They're just walking beside you. And I love in like classic Western movie uh, genre, you'll see the hero is riding his horse and there's a side shot of the hero riding his horse. And then some other person rolls up and their profile, you know, just cuts into the shot. And now there are two and they don't say anything. They just look at each other and they nod. They don't have to say anything. There's an understanding in that moment that whatever the you know, struggle is that they're riding towards, they're going into it together. And suddenly they're not two, they're somehow more than two. That connection creates this kind of, you know, synergy between them. And the grief process is the same way. Um, 
and I, I find anybody who's been through any kind of experience, when you find others who get it, you don't have to justify or educate. And I think that is an exhausting process for people as they're trying to heal, to either justify or educate. I'm busy trying to heal. That is enough. I need people around me where I can just be healing and not having to justify or educate. And that's what community provides. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.